Welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. My name is Caroline Tomlin. And I am Michael Tomlin, and we are your hosts. We encourage and equip girls, ministry leaders, and families in knowing their identity and calling while cheering them on to start making waves for Christ in their homes, communities, and world. It's a joy to bring some encouraging and thought-provoking conversations that will help you navigate life and start making an impact everywhere you go as well as walking out at home. We have some amazing guests that make an impact all while walking out their faith in a practical way. Before you hear today's conversation, I want to ask that you would leave a five-star review and share this episode with at least one friend that you think might like this or need it. We'd also like to connect with you on Instagram at Waves Ministry Inc. All right, let's get on with our conversation. Hey guys, so we are on episode two of season seven of the Waves Ministry Podcast. That's right. And this season, we are talking all about redefining relationships. And so if you haven't met me, my name is Caroline Tomlin now. That's right. If you missed the first episode, got married. And this is my hubby, Michael Tomlin. And he is my co-host. Well, flipping the script today, your normal co-host or your normal host, uh, I will be taking it over. And Caroline is in the hot seat today. Um... Every episode, we always talk about our favorite songs. So we're going to ask, Caroline, what is your favorite song to listen on the on a recent road trip? Recent road trip. So when I think of a more recent road trip, my husband, Michael, and I went to Mobile, Alabama, and we went to a Teddy Swims concert. And if you haven't listened to Teddy Swims, he's amazing! And um, we went to his concert and we played a lot of his music at our wedding. Yeah. But he has a song that like I stumbled upon late, late to the party called Broke. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's like I can just kind of get my groove on. And I love that song. So anyway, go look it up. Well, Teddy Swims has been a uh, fun thing for me to listen to. Um, I found him on the internet and it, it was, it was fun to just. Go and see that with you. That, that was, my that experience. was a fun experience. So we are re I just want to recap a little bit of what we did on the last episode. So on the first episode, we talked about truly relationships redefined. Um, and so we talked, what is a relationship? What are your relationships and how do they glorify God? Whether it be with friends, whether it's with family or mentors, siblings, um, significant others, spouses. We talked about all of that. What is it to be in a relationship? Why are relationships important? What are the top three most important relationships outside of God? And so we covered all of that at the basis of the first episode. Well, today we are actually talking about singleness. I'm not um, single anymore. No, and you ladies know what it is. You walked with her through all of the stuff that singleness brings, right? So who better to talk about that than my beautiful bride? Um, so let's start with here. Let's define singleness. What is singleness? Yep. So when I think of singleness, it obviously means you're unattached, right? Um, it means that you are a single unit by yourself. Now, I think a lot of people think that just because you are dating, um, that you are not single. And like, you may be off the market, you may be dating, But technically, in the eyes of God, you're still a single human being. You're not in covenant with somebody. 
And so I think that's where people get it wrong a lot mm -hmm. of times is it's like until you are in covenant relationship with somebody, you're still single. Um, in the same way you would file on your tax returns, like if you are um, a cheerleading coach or if you are somebody that works at um, the mall, you would file on your taxes that you are filing single, that you are single as a Pringle. It wasn't until I was 36 years old that I could put that I was not single on my taxes. So that's the way I want you to think about it. In the way of heaven, think about you being single, that you are on your own, you're with Jesus. Like, yes, you may have some people you do life with, and that may be a boyfriend or a girlfriend, yeah. but in this moment in time, you're not in covenant with those people, um, unless you've chosen to go into covenant with them. Well, what did you love? What did you hate about being single? Okay, so I'm going to start low and end high. Okay, so like we'll that. start with the things I hated about being single. The things I hated about being single were things like, I wonder what could happen. Like just the uncertainty of like what could happen in life. Like, am I actually going to have my dreams come true in this area, this area, this area? The what could happen um, if my car breaks down and I live in a city where my family isn't there, who do I call? Like, I don't have a husband. I don't have a brother. I don't have my dad. Like, who do I call? Like, just the unknown thing felt very um, kind of shaky in some ways. Um, whenever it comes to being single, the things I also hated was the loneliness. Because people don't truly understand um, what it's like. And, and I know some people are like, well, I've been single a long time. And I'm like, you were single a year. <laughs> I was 35 when I got married. <laughs> hush. Hush yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so, like, I, I think about that, and I'm like, no, like, it's lonely. Like, whenever everybody has, um, I have been upset when friends of mine have had birthday parties for their kids, and they've all invited their friends from church, and I wasn't invited, and I'm like, I don't really want to go to a five-year-old snotty-nosed kid's birthday party, but because I'm alone and I'm sitting at home and all the people I like are at that birthday party, I wish I was there. Yeah. And they're wishing they could go home and be alone like I am. And so it's just this weird, like, dynamic. And the loneliness, too, of, like, well, my friends all have dates or, you know, like, I'm at home alone again on a Friday night. Like, this is super annoying. Um, the, the, like, okay... I'm filling up my time with working out, and then I go home, and I have nothing from 7. Like, like I remember times where I would get off work at 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock, and then I would go work out, and that would fill up my time till 6.30 or 7, and then you go home, and you're like, well, <laughs> we have till 10 o'clock. <laughs> what are we going to do with ourselves? Like, what are we going to do? I guess I'll just watch TV. Right? And so, like, I think that's how sometimes people get into these really bad and, and not good habits is, is they're searching for things to fill their time because they're lonely. Yeah. Um, another thing I think of is, is the wonder of, um, did I miss it? Mm, um, you know, what wonder if, if it will happen for me? You know, I know that right before I met Michael, my mentor said, your husband's just around the corner. And in a very snarky way I said to her sure he is and, and you know and and I, I remember like saying to a pastor friend of mine whenever I had gone through some heartbreak they were like what's the war cry prayer what are we praying for are we praying for this guy to come back are we praying for a new husband are we pray like what are we praying for and I said 
I just want you to pray that I don't deal with another man unless he's my husband. And sure enough, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But but I will say, like, the, the also the questioning that goes with that of, did I miss it? Like, you, you've gone to a place of saying, okay, I'm laying this down before you, God. Like, I'm putting my desires aside, and I'm going to say, God, if you want me to be single for the rest of my days, okay, I'll do it. Like, in the same way that I would say, God, if you really want me to go to Japan, I'll do it. Like, in the same way that you say that, you're like, well, please don't do that to me. Like, you know, like, yeah. you're laying it down, you're saying, if that's really what you want, I'll do it. But at the same time, like, God, you've said, God, please take away this desire. And you haven't just said it once. You've said it for years. Yeah. Or you've said it for months. And and for some reason, that desire is not taken. And then you're like, did I hear God? Like, And people are like, well, maybe that's just not for you. And you're like, but I had this dream and I had three kids in it and I had this mm. dream and... I, I like I still like guys, like I still think they're cute, still have a desire to be married. Like I still every Sunday put my hand on the seat next to me and pray for the man that should be sitting there. Yeah. Like I still have this desire and you're like, did I totally miss it? Mm-hmm. Um and then there's the question of like you dated guys and you're like, Oh, I think that's the one, I think that's it. And then you're like, Not it, not it, not it, but I thought that was it. So then you don't trust yourself. Um, so that's kind of some of the bad parts. The amazing parts is you have time and space. Um, when I say that, I mean, like, if you decide that when you get home from work, you want to sit and read your Bible for two hours and dance in the middle of your living room and worship Jesus and lay on the floor and cry, you can do that. And no one's going to be disturbed at all. Um, no one's going to be asking you to make them dinner. No one's going to be like, there's just yeah. none of that. You have the time and the space. If you decide that you want to go to uh, dinner with friends every single night of the week, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this time and space element that you have um, that you can do that. Um, another thing that you have is there's no permission. Like, and, and I don't have to ask his permission to do stuff, but we do check in with each always. other, right? Like always, um, because we care about each other. Mm-hmm. We want to be on the same page. And so it's like, you don't have to like... If you decide that you want to go to Brazil for two weeks mm-hmm. on your vacation, mm-hmm. you don't have to ask anybody. You can just go, I got the money. I got the time and vacation on work. Bye. Like, you yep. can just go do it. If you want to go purchase a dog, you can just go do that. Like, if you want to go buy $100 face cream, you can do that, right? Like, you, like you, you don't have to ask anybody's yeah. permission. So there's a lot of things that you could do without permission other than Jesus. Um, right. And then there's also a part of it that, um, uh, uh, that I think is kind of neat is like you have this opportunity that's freed up to serve. Um, that you can just say yes to, to Jesus without thinking about anybody or yes. anything else. And so um, that's kind of a cool part of it. Well, how did you in all of that get to a place where – you actually enjoy being single because I would think navigating it where you're thinking, Lord, did I miss it? Lord, like I love the, what what I've what you've brought me to, but how did you get to that place? I like to say that I was single for like 16 years. Um, I, I don't really count like high school mm-hmm. um, or middle school, but I think of like from from college on. So about 16 years, I was single. And I mean, I dated, I had boyfriends, all those things, but I wasn't married. And I think seven of the 16, I was happily single. 
and the eight and the other half, I was not happily single. And I think the way I got to being happily single was, and, and a happily single still meant I desired a relationship, mm -hmm. but the way I got there was heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, you know, and one of the things that we've talked about in Waves Ministry a lot, if you've read our Bible study curriculum, if you've been to conferences or heard me speak on breaking points, one of the things that I've always said is that um, breaking points lead to your breakthrough. Um, your good. biggest breaking points lead to that breakthrough. And I can remember a time in the season where um, I was going through tremendous heartbreak. Um, I really thought I'd heard the voice of the Lord. I was questioning my faith as to whether I'd heard God. Um, not, and, and because I felt like I hadn't heard God on that one thing, it made me question whether I heard him on all these other things. And I was like, well, if I can get it wrong on something that big, then shoot, I could definitely get it wrong on these little things. And so like, I, I'm like questioning God. I am going through a heartbreak of a time with this dude that really just didn't treat me well at all. And I remember um, there was a critical moment um, that I, I came to where I ended up at a restaurant um, and the dude that I was going through this heartbreak with, he had a new girlfriend and I ended up sitting across the table from him and the new girlfriend. And I'm sitting in this Mexican restaurant that smells horrible, and I am on the verge of tears. And my best friend, like a good best friend, was patronizing this girl, bless her soul. I hope she's okay. Um, and I remember at some point during the meal, I got up and just left. And I went back to my apartment, and at that moment, I had, it was right whenever the movie War Room came out. I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember that. But um, it was really a big deal at the time for people to make their own war rooms. And so I had written all these scriptures that, like, I had written scriptures that I was praying over different areas of my life. And so I'd written a scripture for my family I was believing for, a scripture for my mom's healing I was believing for, a scripture for my husband I was believing for. All these different things. And I taped them on the inside door of my laundry room. Um, and my laundry room door opened out into my kitchen at this apartment. And I remember going home and the lights were dim in my house because I like cozy lights. And I, <laughs> he knows this, I like, thou shalt not turn on a ceiling fan light. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, and I remember opening that door and I remember starting to pray the scripture over my husband and I just broke down crying. I remember I ended up on the floor and I remember I was in the fetal position on the floor, literally crying out to God. And it was a, a, a prayer of just release of like, I'm, I'm having this breaking point, God. Like everything that I thought was going to go a certain way is not going that way. I surrender it to you. I'm done. I'm waving the white flag. I'm laying down my surrender to you. And whatever you want, I'll do. And I remember at that time, like that being a very heartbreaking moment. And I was yeah. up to one in the morning crying, upset. Uh, like it wasn't just like a little like yeah. play fun thing. Right. Like it was the ugly cry. Yeah. But I remember I felt like whenever I rose back up from that, from that experience, I, w I, I had a different resolve within me um, that was like, you know what? I don't know how long I'm going to have this, mm -hmm. but I'm going to enjoy it. And I remember like that next Christmas, like, and my mom and I have kind of joked, I actually got a little emotional about this the other day, but my mom and I have joked over the years, like, where we've said, wonder if this will be the last Christmas. 
like where it's just us, mm -hmm. you know? And it's kind of funny because um, I, I remember there were several of those that I, I would go into the Christmas season and I was like, okay, this may be the last Christmas that I experienced this as a single chick. And, and I was like, I want to fully enjoy it that way, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I think it, it, it had to be a heart shift and a mm. mind shift for me. Um, but it all began with that breaking point of being honest with God about it and, and laying at his, at his feet, mm. right? I think about the song, uh, I Raise a Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 I do. Our, our three-year-old likes that song a lot. Obsessed. So I think about it because it says, up from the ashes, hope will arise. <laughs> And, and, and sometimes all you have is just that belief that hope will arise through yes. the breaking points, through That's the right. things that are hard, that like God will always, um, God always wins that's right. in the end. That's so, right. um, so going through all of that, I mean, that's, a, that's tough. How, how do you handle the loneliness and, and not losing hope that, <laughs> hey, he's just around the corner? I think about one of the, the biggest thing for me, honestly, was worship. Like worship was kind of, I mean, like, like I pretty much always as a single person had worship music on in my house blaring, like hardly ever the TV. And if it was the TV, it was most likely Joyce Meyer or Creflo Dollar. Um, if you don't know who they are, they're amazing creatures. Um, and I've watched them since they're I was great. like 10. They're amazing. But, um, but I pretty much worshiped through it. And to me, it was a, a lot of just praying and worshiping and dancing as I sang and um and and that to me because I think about like um the joy of the Lord is our strength right and so like getting and so many worship songs are written from a, a holy moment that, that somebody had in their own home um and worship songs are created many times out of scripture and so it's like I'm going to rehearse this that is above and beyond what my mind and my thinking has um another thing is mentors those people that still believed, <laughs> those people that still believed and kept pressing and kept asking the good questions, you know, um, I, I think that even of times of, of uh, where heartbreak was happening, I had mentors that said, would stop me and say, I want you to pray right now. And they would ask me over lunch and they'd be like, what does the Lord say about this? You know, and I'd be like, I'd stop and pray in the like restaurant, you know, but, but those people that were, that were willing to go there with me, um, you know, I think about praying out promises. Um, Michael, sometimes in the mornings, he'll come out and I'll have my little spiral notebook that has all the promises that God's spoken over my life. And um, and I, I thank God for the ones that have happened. And I, I, I pray out the ones that have not. And it's funny because whenever he comes on, he's like, oh, what are you standing on? What are you what are you believing for? You know, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, the Lord said to pray out my promises today. So that's what I'm doing. But I know many times I would pray out those promises, even whenever it was hard. Um scripture there's certain scriptures that have impacted me but me getting in the word was the thing that kept my mind um stayed on him and focused on him and having that mind of christ um that was a big deal also asking for someone else to pray for it i came to a place um it, i don't remember what year i think it was in 2019 or 2020 actually 2020 i think um that i went to nashville and i was up there with brenna um, and we were seeing a friend of mine, Jen Tringale, who's come and spoken at Waves a few times, girls. And I was up there with her, and Jen Tringale said she, she had us write down a few things that we needed to do. And one of the things she said was, what is something that you are having a hard time praying for that it's so, like, almost like 
ooh, this is taboo. Like, I am to a place where I am, like, I can't even pray this anymore. And I felt like I'd come to a place where I was like, I've prayed every prayer I know to get my husband here, and it ain't happening. And I have... <laughs> quoted every scripture, I've made every joke, I've I've done, I'm going to all the right places, I don't know what the issue is. And I remember I came to a point where I was like, I literally can't pray for this anymore because it's causing me to lose hope every time I pray and nothing happens every single day. And so I, I remember I was on that trip and I felt like the Lord told me to ask my mom to pray for it. And I... <laughs> My mom prayed you in, just so you know. Um, so I went home and I sat down with her like a, a couple days later, and I said, "Hey, I I can't pray for for a spouse anymore. I need you to pray for it." And yeah. I and she committed to doing that. And it's so funny because I had a conversation with a good friend here recently, and um, she was she was asking me if there was any things that I she would recommend me, um, just giving her advice on. And I said, "Have your mom pray for your husband." Yeah. Because I was like, your mom knows you best. And she yeah. was like, I literally just asked my mom to do that the other day. And I was like, well, he's coming then. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, well, I love practicality. Okay. Yeah. We can be we can be Christianese, but sometimes you just need what are real practical ways. Right. So in dealing with singleness, what are some of the ways that you deal with the the family functions and the community <laughs> events and all the moments that it could be awkward and you're in as a fifth wheel? Mm-hmm. So I go in, I went in with pivot phrases, and they're just like little one-liners mm -hmm. that I honestly, you can say over and over again. And You're you, a queen at that, by the way. <laughs> and really everything. <laughs> I was taught by the best. <laughs> so, um, but I many times will go in with a few pivot phrases that are just, some of them you can use for any situation, but like. You know, just a few things that you can kind of like take four things and you can say the first one, then you can say the second one, then you can say the third one, then you can say the fourth one, and you can repeat them. So like the first time you might go, well, <laughs> you know, like, oh, excuse me, I got to take a phone call. Like, yeah. I got to go to the bathroom. Like, I, I have done the thing where I've gone, of course, of course. Or like, if you find it before I do, send it my way. Like I've said things like <laughs> that. Great. Like that I come up with these different phrases, um, you know, like that that I would say you could repeat over and over again. Um, you know, I've had some people say some really dumb things, and so you're like, eh, you know. Um, one of the things that I I do is I I've been known to I plan ahead. Like if you know you have, like I'll give you an example. There was a a place I worked. Um, where we had a Christmas party every year at a very fancy wedding venue. And they always had tables of eight. And the first two years I went to that thing, I sat down with my favorite people. And I ended up messing up the entire seating chart because everybody had spouses and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And there was always an awkward seat next to me, either open or we'd have to pull up a chair for somebody because I was the odd number. And it created this rigmarole and you feel awkward and uncomfortable because then people brought their spouses. And so the third year, I got smart about it. And I was like, okay, so we're going to this thing. You're still not married. What are we going to do? And so I thought about it. And I was like, okay, there's this lady on church staff who is a widow. Okay. Mm. There's a lady on church staff that's a single mom. I'm going to go in. I'm going to sit with them. Done. There was another year that I went in. And I was like, oh, there's a bunch of college kids that are on our staff team. I'm going to go sit with them because none of them are married. 
you know, and so for me, like I went in with that kind of game plan where I either like thought ahead of time or I asked people to ride with me. So then I had somebody to go with me. Yeah. Um, that seems super practical and, and normal. But another thing that I would do is I would serve. So like if it got real awkward I, I, or if I knew like, hey, I'm going to this thing and I know I'm going to feel like the odd man out. Like I'm just going to ask to, can I be a door greeter? Can I, mm-hmm. um, can I help serve the potatoes? Can I be the one that has, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've been the one at Dirty Santa Christmas parties to hand out the numbers to everybody because I didn't want to be the awkward one sitting without a spouse. Um, and so like I have done that so many years. And so it's one of those things that it's like, and, and the thing is, is I'm in a different season now where I'm the one hauling the kids in with, with presents. Right. So it, but you enjoy it while you're there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, you mentioned that people have said a lot of stupid things to you. <laughs> yes. What do you do when people say stupid things or people have expectations for your love life that just aren't reality? Cry. No, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. Don't cry. <laughs> you can. <laughs> Sometimes it helps. A good Sometimes, cry can help. <laughs> I was going to say, it definitely would make them shut up yeah. <laughs> um, and be like, ooh, it didn't go there I mean one year one year it was so bad at a family gathering um when I was prepping to go the next year I was really like concerned about it I was talking to my mom and she said if they bring it up you need to just go I was like you know but I didn't do that um at one time I had somebody um close to me and my family look at me and they they just said and they meant well they truly meant well but they looked at me and they said do you even want to get married And it was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you serious right now? Um, And so sometimes people say things, but one of the things I would say is forgive them. Yeah. They don't know what they're saying. Like, they literally don't. Like, I had a very well-meaning pastor one time, not one of my pastors, but a pastor that was visiting from out of town. Um, He, like, I spent, like, the whole day with him and his wife and his daughter, and they just... He could not believe I wasn't married because I was so awesome. And he was just like, I don't understand. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. And he was going on and on and on and on and on. And I was like, I know the scriptures. The men in our world don't. Like, (laughs) figure it out, right? And so I was like, why are you talking to me about this? I'm not the one that needs to be told this. I know these things. Um, But with those kind of things, I think sometimes it's okay to just forgive them and and just kind of laugh. And go home and, and talk to God about it. Yeah. Say, like, I, in, in the same words as Jesus, they forgive them. I, they know not what they do. Yeah. Um, on the same way, I, I at times would just go get in God's lap. Um, and I know it sounds silly, but I literally will. And sometimes I'll do this in the corner of our couch. We have a, a um, sectional. But sometimes if I'm feeling, like, really down about something, you will literally see me, like, sitting on the couch like this or sitting like this. But I just literally pretend like I'm, like, sitting in Father God's lap. And sometimes you just need to do that and cry or yeah. talk to him. And, um, you know, I also have to think, like, me or the plans of, of Caroline's heart, yeah. heart or your heart. Yeah. Um, but the Lord's will will prevail. And so it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter what someone speaks over you. Just remember that. Like, many are their plans. Like, they may be trying to help, but they're truly being discouraging. Right. And it's like many are their plans – but God's will prevails over all of it. Like somebody that I love dearly was like, well, maybe it's just not meant for you. You know, and you're like, you're supposed to believe in faith for me. Right. Like, you know, and I'm like, 
okay, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, right. you know, and we move on and we break every word curse, right? Um, and I think um, starting to speak scripture and, and saying things to them like, hey, like, I don't want my husband until he, that was one of the main phrases I would say towards the end of my singleness was I would say, I do not want my husband one day before he's ready for me. Mm. And I said that That's over good. and over and over again, because you don't, no. you don't want a spouse before they're well done. You want them cooked solidly through the middle. Yep. Right. Yep. So when people were saying these mm-hmm. stupid things to you, mm-hmm. what were some of the scriptures that you clung to when you were single? So I think about the scripture, um, it's a life scripture for me, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, mm-hmm. um, you know, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, right? Like you're trusting God with all of your heart. You're leaning not on your own understanding. I do not understand God why I'm in this situation. <laughs> like I don't understand. I'm leaning on you. I'm not leaning on my own understanding, but I'm going to choose to acknowledge you in all of my ways right now and mm-hmm. um, the way I live my life and the way I live with purpose in my dating and my calling. Um, and I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways, and I'm going to trust that you're going to direct my path. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was a key scripture for me. And you know that's a pray, listen, obey, repeat kind of scripture yep. that we have used over and over again with waves. Um, I think about the scripture that talks about binding up the brokenhearted. I, I cannot tell you how many times I've asked the Lord to bind up my broken heart and to heal my heart. Um, you know, I think about um, one of the scriptures that I, there's two kind of obscure ones that I really held on to. One was... Um, the woman with the issue of blood, um, that she goes and she touches the hem of, of Jesus's cloak. And I think about how um, there were times that I would just be like, God, if that woman could be healed with one touch, mm. like I know that it is within your capacity to do something this simple for me. Like I know that. Mm-hmm. I know you see my heart. I know you see my years and years and years of pain and yeah. anguish and the way that it's outwardly been embarrassing in the same way that that woman had that embarrassment. Yeah. And I'm like, God, I know that you can heal my heart, and I know that you can can help me in this circumstance. Um, another one that I um, clung to a lot was there's a scripture that talks about, like, um, even even dogs get scraps from the table, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I would just be like, God, I just need a scrap. Like, just <laughs> a scrap from the table. Like, like you even feed the dogs. Like, yeah. like, I'm asking for something pretty simple. Another one that I can think of off the top of my head is, um, the scripture where, um, oh man, I can't remember the dude's name. I felt bad. Um, but he wrestled with the angel and I remember, uh, uh-huh, yeah, Jacob, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, Jacob, right. Um, but he wrestled with the angel and I remember at one point, um, Mona, my mentor saying to me, she's like, you need to take the Lord to the mat. Yep. And I was like, take him to the mat. And she was like, take him to the wrestling mat. Like, you need to wrestle it out with him. Yeah. And so um, those are some things that I've, so maybe those are some scriptures you can dive into. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the free time you had, because you've said early on in this episode that you did have a lot of free time. You go work out, and then you've got hours afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. What were the practical things that you did when you were single? I served. I served so much. And, and like for me, sir, I'm not saying like you. I mean, there were times that I did go feed the homeless, right? Like, there were seasons of my life for years and years and years where every Thursday night I was at the homeless place giving out food and praying over single moms that were there to get food. Yeah. Like I did that for years, but when I say serve, like sometimes it meant I was sitting on my couch and I was working on Wade's websites. Yeah. Maybe it meant that I was working on Wade's social media. Maybe it meant that I was mentoring girls and I was meeting them for coffee. 
or that I was answering phone calls at nine o'clock at night on a Tuesday night because somebody was suicidal, right? Like those were some of the yeah. things that I would do. I remember one uh, Valentine's, I was like prepping myself because I'd had I had had only bad Valentine's days, and I was like, I'm going to have a good Valentine's. I'm going to love people, and so I went to the store and I bought Valentine's gifts for like all sixty people on my church staff, and I literally felt like the Easter Bunny, and I I went from office to office and school teacher to school teacher at the preschool. And I gave out little things of candy to everyone for Valentine's. And I was like, I'm going to love people well. And so I think for, for those of you that are in that season, I think go to worship nights. If you don't have anything to do on Friday night, get your girlfriend and don't go to the bar. You don't want to meet a man there. You like, you want a godly man. Like, and you need to be in the house of the Lord. Like I, I was so many times I'd be like, okay, who has a worship service on Friday night? I'm yes. going. You know, like my mom used to get mad at me because she thought I went to too many worship services. You know, but I mean, but it's true because I was like, I'm bored. Let's go to a Tuesday night church service and a Friday night and a Sunday night. Like, why not? Well, I gotta say, this um, worship, I will say worship night, sorry, worship nights. I, I just wanted to touch on that real quick. The one thing that you told me now that you're married, was I'm so thankful I don't have to drag you to those church services and worship nights. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Because he wants to go with me. I just, I I, I had to say that because it really is like a, uh, it's, I I don't know anybody that's going to church as much as I do. Like, honestly. Like, for real. The thing is, is, like, you you want somebody that's going to be doing the same things as you. And it's like, I didn't go to those worship services just to go to meet a man. Like, like I actually enjoyed it, right? And so, like, I, I know that if I say to him, I'm like, we have we have a chill week, and then we have a chill Friday night. I'm like, hey, you want to go? Like, And he's like, yeah, let's do it, right? Like, I don't have to drag mm-hmm. him with me because we're equally yoked. Um, I think about mission trips. Like, I, I know that for me, like, Doing a mission trip right now would be pretty difficult, but doing a mission trip three years ago, not hard at all. Mm-hmm. Like it was easy for me to go out of the country mm-hmm. for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Right? Like, I mean, people care, but like, you know, but you have the time and space to do that. Um, I think about family, like spending time with family. Well, you know, um, I, I even was saying to, to Michael, I was like, this year may be a little bit different for um, my family up in Tennessee because um, I'm not going by myself. And I'm not just going with you, but, like, I'm going to have our kids with us, and they need my attention whenever we're there. And so, like, I think there's certain things like that that it's, like, you being able to be fully engaged with them while you have that moment. Like, why not? And you can still do that even after you're married. It just looks different. Wow. Wow. Getting a lot of good nuggets. I hope so. You've, you've dropped some serious knowledge. I think I, I had some takeaways and, and learned some things. Oh, good. For real. Like, this is this. This has been good to kind of learn, and because it because singleness is a topic in the church world that I think can be a little bit tough to navigate, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I can it can be a lonely time where you feel like it's not nobody understands, mm-hmm. right? You're if you get into your thirties and you're still not married, you're like everybody else is. They don't really understand it, especially when you got a dope chick like you. Well, I think a lot of times people. One of the things that used to irritate me and I, I'll just go on and say it is like people will look at single people and be like well marriage is hard and I'm like 
being single is hard. <laughs> you have to pay all your bills by yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's different hard. It's just as hard. It's just different hard. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things that um, that people miss out on. And so you're right. In church culture, a lot of times they don't address the singles, mm-hmm. um, or the singles are just expected to work like crazy hours. And it's like sometimes yes you can, but it's also okay okay to say like I'm gonna take a day. Yeah. I'm gonna take a day and be alone. Because um, I had to learn how to be okay alone. Um, I I lived alone for a while, and it was it was wonderful. But some of it I didn't like, and some of it I did like. I was like, oh, it's kind of nice that I live alone. I can walk through my house naked if I want to. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's one of those things that it's like you've got to be okay with you. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, where can we follow you? <laughs> um, Waves Ministry Inc. on social media platforms, all of them. And yep. then me personally, um, Mrs. Mrs. Because I'm not single anymore. Caroline Tomlin. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for dropping the words and the knowledge for navigating through this. And um, I guess we'll have to see what happens next episode. See you next episode. Bye, Bye. guys. Thank you for listening to the Waves Ministry Podcast. For more information about our ministry, check out our website at wavesministryinc.org and our social media at Waves Ministry Inc. on all social platforms. Today, we hope you will start making waves in your home, community, and world.